Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today. <laughs> okay. We are here today to put the mayor in Merry Christmas. Those are female horses, right? Is that what a mare is? Is that what you're, where you were going with that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Mare, that is correct. A mare is uh-huh. a female horse. Yeah. Yeah, I know things. I thought you said mayor. Mare. Which we do have a female mare, I think. <laughs> She's the worst. Um, Go home. Yeah. Mare. That's, you know, like a horse. Female horse. <laughs> it's on brand. Okay. If we it's were, fair. if we were female, horse people. We, right. I am far more a horse person than a bird person, so. Interesting. I'd like to get into that, but (laughs) (laughs) is that why people are here? (laughs) I have no idea why they're here. My name is Summer Yeager. (laughs) Here is my beautiful co-host, Joy. And it's Christmas week. It is. I'm super, I'm feeling it. Well, I'm not feeling it because it's still 80 degrees here. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. It's starting to cool down a little bit more, but I really did think it was going to cool down a You're lot. You're wearing a jacket, I just realized. Uh-huh. I cannot. I'm too sweaty right now if I put a jacket on. Like, is that a, is that a me problem? I feel like it's an Arizona problem. Yeah. Okay. Like, I can't. We're inside. Yeah. I can't wear the jacket outside right now and be comfortable. No. It's, but inside, I can't. Yeah. Well, no one else has this problem. Just us. I know. Everyone's like, well, enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy your freedom <laughs> when it comes to jacket wearing. I wish that I could wear some jackets. Um, we ha- Have we told them what we're doing in book club? Oh, no. I think we did. Did we? Mm-hmm. I feel like we didn't. I feel like, I don't know. I thought you announced it. I thought you said something about it. Did I last week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just going to remind you. Everybody's like, we know. They summer. need to know anyway. All right. We're going to be reading The Fruitful Life by Jerry Bridges. We so are. if you want to join the next round of book club, you need to hop on ye old Amazon or whatever. And, you know, if you're against Amazon, okay, whatever, wherever you want to purchase your books. I'm an equal opportunity book buyer. Yeah, Amazon doesn't give us anything, so... Yeah, I don't really... Whatever. Okay, the point is... Are there people... Well, I was going to say, are there people who don't like Amazon, but... I mean, obviously. Yeah, of course. Because... I'm not going to say what I was about to say. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. So, The Fruitful Life, Jerry Bridges, grab your book, go to patreon.com slash sheologians, and... Please join us. We're going to have a great time. Um, would I have to tell him anything else? Let's see. This week and next week will be our last week to get Christmas merch. Mm-hmm. 
at Shop Sheologians. It comes and goes so quickly. So quickly. Um, but yeah, this is your last week and then it'll be gone and we'll have different holiday stuff next year. Mm-hmm. So, But obviously book club stuff is staying up yes. and we'll be changing that periodically to add. To reflect what we've been reading. Right. Yes. So that's all there. If you join Patreon, you do get a shop discount. So that's patreon.com slash theologians. And let's see what else. We have a voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. I think I finally have the number memorized. Maybe. Well, now that you said that. (laughs) Now it's going to leave my (laughs) brain. But you're right. Um well, so I'm also going to, the one other thing I have is not technically Sheologian's business, but it is, it's in the family. It's Sheologian's family business. It is. Um, and so I'm going to remind you guys to all go to Kepler.education and uh, check it out in general, but I would specifically guide you toward my husband, Matthew Hunter's upcoming class, Fundamentals of Wilderness Survival. Um, I think in the last episode I said it started on the 17th, which it also says on the website, but I guess that's kind of like the semester start. So it's okay. technically starts on the 20th, um, which is a Thursday. So um, I just wanted to update that. It's it's great, um, especially if you have kids that are into the outdoors or if you have kids that are into, I mean, I would even say like physiology, uh things like that um it's i mean this i've been since we've been married he's been creating this so this is just what he and we right yeah <laughs> who was You're, on you, his mission you with you him live this yeah so this is what we do um and obviously now that he has a year under his belt uh, the students that he's had for his fundamentals of wilderness survival and his foraging 101 course um, have had uh, great feedback. The kids are having fun. Um, and it's really pretty amazing how many kids just have enjoyed taking his classes. So, of course, I'm a little biased, but I'm going to encourage you, uh, if you are looking for a uh, science credit for your homeschool, uh, high school-aged kid, I would totally recommend fundamentals of wilderness survival and then again we don't it's not necessary but we just like kepler so right check them out in general moving onward i want to tell you this story real quick <clears throat> okay because it just was it's a great story uh so yesterday kate we homeschool and so we go through a lot of notebooks uh-huh you know, scratch paper notebooks, just like you do at school. You go, you finish a notebook, you get a new notebook. And at the beginning of the year when notebooks are on sale for 50 cents, I just like buy a ton, whatever. So we have a stash of paper and notebooks. And so she was like, Hey, I only have one page left in my notebook. Like, can I go grab another bo- notebook? And I was like, yeah, pick whatever you want. Cause for whatever reason, when I, the reason I would say that is cause kids are picky about colors. <laughs> Right. So what I was saying was, I don't care which one you pick. Right. Whatever strikes your fancy. You want the yellow cover? You want the purple cover? Right. Whatever you want. Who cares? Go <laughs> go delight yourself with the cover of your notebook, which you're going to cover. And Browse. Never... Browse around. Enjoy. Whatever speaks to you. Take Enjoy that your one. 50 cent spiral bound notebook. <laughs> um, well, anyway, she picked one with a black cover and she opened it up. 
And the, the first page was all my dad's handwriting. And she was like, oh. oh. So I forgot, like, a couple months ago, my dad came over, and he just had, like, a pile of stuff. He was, like, cleaning out a room or okay. something. And so, like, uh, this ministry had given him some T-shirts, but they were too small for him, so he was going to pass them on to us. And it was, like, random. And there was notebooks. Just his That he little, thought were empty. His He's, little presentation of gifts. Yeah. That he was bringing over. Yeah. And it was a pile of very random stuff. Anyway, one of the things was a notebook. He was like, I know you, like, you guys homeschool. Here's an empty notebook. Yeah. Well, I don't think he, he didn't realize it wasn't an empty notebook. The first page was notes that he had taken during a debate in 2018. And so Kate brought it to me and I just thought it was so... It was just adorable. I loved having it. I right. loved seeing, like, oh, this is what he's thinking, like, during this debate. The date was on the top, and it had, like, 10 minutes for cross-ex, 15 rebuttal. Like, mm-hmm. he's, like, writing down, like, and so it's, like, a whole page of notes. And uh, he only filled up one page during the debate as it was going on, but then he turned the page, and he had one line, and all it says at the top of the page is, it's the Holy Spirit who convicts. And I was like, I, so I took a picture of that and I was like, 10 out of 10, great note. And I posted it. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm not going to post his debate notes. That feels right. like a yeah. total invasion of privacy. But right. but the one liner, it's the Holy Spirit who convicts. Like, right. I knew that wasn't, that doesn't feel like an invasion. I knew he wouldn't. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to be disrespectful. Right. Anyway, so I posted that and he was like, he didn't remember. He didn't know. Right. He didn't mm-hmm. know when he gave us the notebook. He didn't know. And he said, I have most of my debate notes at the office. What debate is that? So I turned it over and it says like in the corner, nine, eight, 18 debate in Jacksonville, whatever. So I sent that to him and he goes, Oh, that was the debate with Michael Brown and I versus two homosexual pastors. Okay. He said, I must've forgotten my normal notebook and had to bring that home. Whatever. That's how it, gotcha. so he has a normal notebook that he didn't, whatever. Well, so he said that, and then this person responded, and I almost cried. And she said, that was the debate that brought me out of that lifestyle. Thank you. I was the one on the floor on my knees. And I was just like, the weight of this, just like, and anyway, why am I sharing that story? Well, number one, like, it's just encouraging to hear that, like, someone's work could I know I know wow I know it like really punched me and uh I was just like this is that is I think people now so many people will want to say like why do you do this kind of stuff why do you bother like has anybody's mind ever really changed and people say stuff like that Mm -hmm. all the time oh yeah but that is so ignorant of like how God uses means and people and situations like God uses all of that. I don't like what you're doing. So I know that God could never use what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, we know from scripture that we have the ability to make statements like that. I know from what you're doing that God's not blessing what you're doing. Right. That's not just an inherently false Sometimes you can statement. say that, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're committing adultery, I can say, right. I know what you're doing 
is but it's, rough. It's a statement that needs, that requires discernment, some form of critical thinking, and I would also just say maturity. Because you yeah. can say that, but do you need to? Right. And how much of your assumption is written? And is it based off of your standard of the Bible? It's... Right. Just be careful. Right. And I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say like we shouldn't be debating homosexuals on that and and and, right. you know, and it's like God used that in someone's life right. in a really incredible way mm-hmm. and then you and I got an email a couple of weeks ago I know I sent it to you from somebody mm-hmm. who said that they were it was a woman who had been living as a man for a long time uh-huh. as far as I can tell and our material like helped her come out of it and like figure out how to live. And it's just like you and I have never sat down and been like, how can we do that? But the Lord and like, we didn't like the Lord did that, but like he uses means and he uses people. Anyway, I was just super encouraged. Um, I was just super encouraged to see that. And it's all like, what a like funny kind of train of events where like, my dad's cleaning out a room or one, right. once upon a time he forgot his notebook in mm-hmm. 2018 and then he's cleaning out a room and then, and then that's why we get to hear. Right. God like, like preserved that. This story. Yeah. Gave it, you got it. And then, yeah. So just funny, just encouraging. I mean, it felt like a, it felt like a gift to read that. Seriously. And, and just all that to say. Wow. Praise God. You know, whatever little things you think you're doing little things, but if you're doing it faithfully to the Lord, he's the one that gives the increase. And, and you just don't, and you don't always know. Yeah. Or sometimes you don't know immediately or. Yeah. My dad's whatever. never been like, you know, at that one debate when I totally saved someone, you know, like right. he's never, that thought has never crossed his mind. For some reason, <laughs> as soon as you said that, I imagined him. In like, a superhero in cape? A ni- no, oh. in like a nice suit, like. You know how, like, Holy Spirit anointing? No. How those guys will, like, touch oh. people on the head and yeah. like, all over. <laughs> okay, I do know about that. I don't know why that, that came bo- in your head? popped into my head, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what popped into my head. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Okay. Well, speaking of... Um, Gifts? Touch, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and touching stories. Um, and the amazing work of Christ. (laughs) That is my favorite topic. I mean, we covered a lot here. And see you next week. (laughs) Um, I am tasked with telling you guys about um, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. I love it. And this is kind of... um, a moment of wholeness because for the first time this last year, summer took on an episode exclusively by herself. And I was just there to ask questions or whatever. Yeah. Yell in the background. I don't know. Let's distract you guys all. Do Do you Um, want me to yell in my yelling in the background? Just stand over there and yell. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, I now, this is my story, um, and I, this is just my thing, and Summer's here to learn Wait, as well as you guys. When did I do that? 
when you um the book that one oh book. the book yeah the book okay uh, what book is that yeah. yeah please tell them so that they're not confused <laughs> um, the book that she the read the making of biblical womanhood yes mm-hmm. yeah yes so that don't read it we had never done that before <laughs> if you haven't listened we to the episode <laughs> it's a no go right yeah that's <laughs> not an endorsement of the book we just simply did an episode about it um, I would like to do the opposite of an endorsement. <laughs> that's what the episode. That's what was. the episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so here we are. This is just me. Hopefully, I uh, do as wonderfully as you did with that material. Anything you say right now is going to surprise me because I know nothing about this, and I'm so excited. This is all brand new. So, um, I guess yeah, I should start out by saying that. Obviously, I got some of this information from watching the special. Some of this information is from the internet, but most of the information is from a book called A Charlie Brown Religion, Exploring the Spiritual Life and Work of Charles M. Scholes, which the man that wrote this was, he was very uh, acquainted with the family because he wrote this biography. And he actually says... It is pronounced Scholes, not Charles Schultz. Schultz. Okay. Um, and so if you hear me, I'm, I'm not going to come after you because a lot of people have been saying it that way for forever. But right. I am going to annoyingly say Scholes the entire time because that's technically correct. Right. Anyway, that book is written by Stephen Lind. And we had him on Apologia Radio many years vaguely. ago. Yeah. When he, I believe when he had more recently written the book. Let me see when this was actually... When is the copyright? 2015. Oh, fairly recent. Yeah. Um, I man, still think was of that it really as last that year. recent. <laughs> but it, it wasn't last. That wasn't last year. Okay. Well, so anyway, it's really an excellent book. It's a charming read. Um, and Charles Scholes was a very interesting person. Um, and it's really, it's about his whole life. So, the Christmas special is just a portion of it, but that's right. what we're talking about today. So um, in order to, I want to keep some things fresh in our mind while I'm telling the story. Okay. Because it was a different time when this all happened. So I want to talk about the 1960s okay. a little bit. Um, so this was a time when you started to see a pretty large secular shift you started seeing prayer Mm -hmm. being taken out of schools you started seeing bible reading being taken out of schools so there was a huge shift um at this time where um it wasn't that people were less religious but cultural culture in general was becoming more secular yeah um and actually i took a quote here that uh there were not fewer religious individuals, but those individuals were no longer confident that it was appropriate for their religious interests to be voiced in public. So church membership actually rose in the 1960s. Mm. But when it came to like um, non-private group settings and culture, culture, why am I having a hard time saying that today? You put the her and culture. 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 (laughs) I said it weird two times. Okay. Anyway, not sure. But, um, but yeah, so you started to see that being less a part of American life. Right. Whereas at one point. That was just Regardless of what you believed, church membership, that kind of stuff was normal. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like we can't even relate to that. Yeah, exactly. Like we actually, our generation would say that was probably wrong. Yeah. Even Christians. Which, you know, it's not like I'm saying government schools need, uh, abolish government schools. Right. That's not the point. Right. But, you know, just it would have been like, I think people were largely still embarrassed if they said they didn't believe, if they weren't Christian. Right. Like you were just supposed to be Christian. Right. That was just a given. Yes. Yeah. And then there became. That is not the case anymore. Right. Yeah. You see this alternate. Well, and that's they were very successful in convincing us it was sort of a neutral space, right? Right. And to remove religion Hilarious. is to create like a neutrality. <laughs> um, <laughs> as we know, that's not true. Um, but I also okay. So I want you guys to keep in mind while I tell you this that less than nine percent of Christmas episodes of all kinds. So all all Christmas episodes of television shows across the board. I love Lucy. All those things. Um, so less than 9% in the 1960s, in that decade, contained references to religion, and many of them were in passing. So you especially started seeing, you started seeing that pull back, pull out. Wow. And the reason you did that is because um, it wasn't appealing to people as much. There was a secular shift. Um, and I want you guys to just keep in mind that television was not like it is now. Right. There were three major networks in the 1960s and it was highly competitive. And that's how, that's how you made money as a network. And that's how your advertisers made money. And if you lose advertisers, your network's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was just much different than it is now. The other day. Um, so Eric got an antenna antenna uh-huh. <laughs> an antenna i don't even know what they're called anymore and i'm 32 uh-huh. he got an antenna to watch his football team or something okay whatever so we have, does he have a football team he does which one the bills like oh new york makes, or something okay why he's never been the bills this is not a safe conversation i don't know the is buffalo it? bills oh okay right that's what they're called okay like a bunch of them like <laughs> I I don't doubt there was a Buffalo Bill. I know there was, but like Oh, this isn't about buffaloes. No. I think it's about bills. It's a guy. Though every time we say bills, I'm wanting to think money as well. I'm thinking like it's because there's like that little like (laughs) tricky uh contrarian in me that's like, how can I make this ridiculous? Oh, but it's really just a guy named Bill? I think Buffalo Bill yeah. Well no, I don't think Buffalo Bill was a guy. (laughs) He was a guy. He was also, I mean, there was another guy. In my head, this was about buffaloes and not about a guy named Bill. Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) It's totally different. Also terrifying. Why is no one considering, like. Oh, yeah, that's a a missed opportunity for a mascot. (laughs) Um, Like. Okay, so football. Anyway, so we got an antenna. Uh Uh-huh. Specifically. So he could watch, like, one football game. I'm sorry, honey. That's not the point. The point is. He doesn't sound super committed. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, I mean, who am I to who am I to <laughs> criticize anyone's sports fandom? Whatever that Buffalo, I don't know. Okay, all that to say. So for the first time in my children's life, we had like television channels, right? Where like there's commercials mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. And so I just thought I have not I have not watched TV like television. And I don't know how long. Right. And so I, th- 
like that's legitimately novel. So I was excited to just see like what is on right. TV. If you asked me what was on TV, I could not tell you. So anyway, I thought, oh, this will be fun. So I started like flipping through the channels and I told Janny, I was like, I'm just going to flip through the channels real quick. And she was like, the what? And I was like, the channels. And she was like, I, what is that? She doesn't know what TV channels are, number one. She I guess that makes sense. She's never done that. So then I stopped because, like, Little House on the Prairie was on or something. Mm. And I was like, this is so funny, like, that this is on. And then right. The, and then- is, this, is the stuff that's on TV right now the same stuff that was on TV yes. when we were watching TV? Yes, which is why we don't watch TV. Anyway, then the commercials started. And she, like, looked at me kind of really confused and also judgy. <laughs> And she was like, why aren't you fast forwarding through this? And I was like, you can't. And she was like, yes, you can. And I was like, you can't. It's a it's a TV channel. And she it's was like, li- it's, she it's goes, not live, but it's. She goes, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, was like, I know. I know. And she took she I handed her the remote and I just like I was like, go try, ahead. Try. Go it. ahead. And she was like, it's not working. Like she couldn't fast Little- forward. Little it. did she know that commercials were almost exclusively the way that toys were marketed to kids. Little did, and now like leading up to Christmas, I know you used to it always was commercials. see stuff. It was toy commercials. Yeah, I know. And well, now commercials are just like pills, like, and it's like, do you have a urinary tract infection? Not for kids anymore. For for older people who are because still they. TV. They only watch TV channels. Anyway, this was an aside that didn't matter. But just, you know, consider your kids probably it's very don't. different. It's very different. Their relationship, it's totally, totally different. And January still does not know what a TV channel is because I, I have explained it to her. But it, I feel like it's my parents trying to explain to me what like an eight track is. Is right. it an A track or an eight track? Well, I don't like, know. There were people that thought the Charlie Brown special was cool. Because it was in color. Right, right. We just don't relate. That was where I was getting Yeah, we don't. We don't relate. It was so different that the reason I have to tell you that is because it was so different and we so just take for granted that the way things are currently. Is the way they've always been. Yeah, right. So I want you to shift your thinking a little bit while we talk about this. There we go. Is what I'm saying. All that to say. That's kind of our Sheologians tagline. (laughs) All that that to to say. say. Go Bills. Go Buffalo Bills. And we'll keep going, shall we? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the special. The special came out, obviously, in December of 1965, specifically December 9th. But our story starts a little earlier than that. So in 1964, the previous year, Scholes had worked with Lee Mendelson, who is the producer of the Charlie Brown special. And Bill Melendez, who's the director of the Charlie Brown special, um, and actually the voice of Snoopy, which is kind of weird to say because Snoopy doesn't like totally have a voice, right. but his little like intonations and okay, that's him. Yeah, uh, he does. Bill make Melendez, sound. yes. And um, so those three, Scholes, Mendelssohn, and Melendez, had been working together um, the previous year to create a documentary about some of peanut, like peanut stuff, like yeah. Scholl's work. He was around as a cartoonist for a while right. before the Charlie Brown special actually aired. Um, and it's, in fact, it's the first 
animated show, Peanuts show. There, they had okay. Bill Melendez had actually the reason they reached out to him to help with the documentary was because he had animated Peanuts characters for like a Ford ad, so it had been used in advertising. It had been used all over the place, right? But it, no shows. There was right. no TV. Um, and so uh, that documentary just didn't really ever get any traction. It didn't. Uh, it didn't sell. It never sold. And uh, I don't okay. know where it is. Right. Who knows where it is? Um, Someone. Yeah. Someone knows. But if you know, will you leave us? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, also, so an interesting thing about Bill Melendez is he had previously worked as an animator for Disney. Naturally. Um, and then, of course, he was the voice of Snoopy. But so um, this was in 1964. So in May... Of 1965, the same year the special comes out, um, an agency, specifically an executive, Roger Allen, reached out to Lee Mendelson. Um, and then they, and he basically said, our client's looking, He well, I have the exact quotation of what he said. Our client is looking for a special. By any chance, do you have a format for an animated Peanuts show that could be connected with Christmas? Well, that client was Coca-Cola. Okay. So Mendelssohn, right. having no such thing, said that they absolutely had such a thing because I'm assuming that when Coke asks you a question, you kind of just say yes. Yes. It, I would Do almost imagine that? that would be true even now, but right. even more so at the Back time. Then. Right. Um, so uh, Roger Allen was set to pitch the special to Coca-Cola the following week. And as far as he knows, they have it. They have such a thing, <laughs> but they don't. So Mendelssohn, Melendez, and Scholz got to work and basically created an outline, a pitch outline that Roger Allen could give to Coca-Cola. Um, and when it came to the religious content of the special, uh, Melendez and Mendelssohn were both very... Uh, in line with what the culture said, which is that like, we don't need to mention that we don't need to have any religious content. We okay. certainly can't no have Jesus. like character animated characters reading the Bible. That's not really been done before. And so like, they wanted to kind of keep that light. Okay. Um, and Scholes was like, no, we're not going to do that. In fact, he said, um, if we don't do it, who will? Great question. Um, and this, I mean, Basically, that just sparked, um, I mean, it's a classic. So yeah. here we go. He stuck to his guns and produced something in the face of secularism. I feel like and... that's a great question to ask yourself. Right. If you're not going to do it, who will? Right. <laughs> right. It's really, really important, especially for Christians, to ask that question. If we don't do it, who will? Right. Um, so the Coca-Cola execs heard the pitch. And the creative team received this telegram. Confirmed sale of Charlie Brown for Christmas to Coca-Cola for December broadcast at your terms with option on second show for next spring. Good grief. Good grief. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now that Coke was backing the project, it was easily sold to CBS. Right. 
because they were hesitant at first. And then especially mm-hmm. having to sell something with any form of religious content in it was going to be even harder to sell. But CBS to CBS is a sure thing because Coca-Cola is the advertiser right. of all advertisers. Right. Um, but honestly, at the time for, you know, Coke had more competitors at the time. And this special, there are people that would make a case to say that this special, like there was a very symbiotic helpful hmm. relationship that existed here in terms okay. of like pop culture history. Okay. Um, because it was during, well, and it was during this time period that Coke set itself apart in terms of marketing. Okay. Um, and they just became different. They're just, Coke is just different than the other soda brands. You know, you just know. And the, the yeah. Why do you just know? Especially around Christmas time. They've always pushed yeah. at Christmas time. When yeah. we were kids, it was the polar bears. Yes. I had a Coca-Cola mm-hmm. polar bear that yes. I loved. Yep. I People n- collect Coke memorabilia. That's so interesting. Okay. Um, but so, yeah. So CBS was like, okay, cool. Um, now, uh, many unique creative decisions were made for the time. Uh, they hired children as their voice actors as opposed to professionals. Uh, Scholes was against the use of a laugh track, which is not super common when it came to something that was supposed to be funny. Right. Everyone kind of believed, like, you need to tell the audience. To laugh. Yeah. Um, The animation was super simple. Uh, The score (laughs) was uh, jazz. Vince Guaraldi, who obviously composed uh, the score for the Charlie Brown special, um, was a, like kind of locally famous jazz okay. artist at the time. Say, should I know that name? But he's, I mean, at this point, he's really just famous for Peanut stuff. Um, he okay. did the Christmas score, and then Linus and Lucy is the theme song of Peanuts. Right. Um, so that's pretty much what he's associated with. Um, so he wrote... He Oh, he also... And they knew him because he had... He had been working on the soundtrack for the documentary that the three had been working on about Charles Scholl's work. And so the, so basically that documentary, even though nothing ever happened, it sort of created this infrastructure that allowed right. the Charlie Brown Christmas special to come together so quickly. Because keep in mind, this was May of 1965 that right. Coke approached so. and asked. And you're talking about it coming out December 9th of 1965. Right. So you're talking about months right. um, to do... A full 30-minute animation, score, voice acting, all that the stuff. The thing. story, even. Yeah. Like, they had a... They gave them... The editing. A, they gave them, like, an outline in May of 1965. Right. So, it was a lot of work. Um, but, uh, but Charles Scholes was very... He was very insistent on the creative decisions that they made as a team. Good. Um, and... Uh, it was a lot of work to be done because they had a short amount of time to do it in, but they were along for the ride. This was not something they were backing out of. Right. Um, and uh, Charles Scholes was especially adamant that they were not backing out of the, the Bible. Bible reading. Yeah. Um, so a week before the special was set to air, uh, which is probably around the time the ish that you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, uh, a final draft was shown to the executives at CBS and they hated it. And they mostly hated it for the unique creative decisions that we talked about just a second ago, but especially the religious content. Right. Um, 
But like, like I said, TV was highly competitive at the time, so they couldn't afford to lose viewers, which is what would happen if you advertised that something was happen happening at a certain time and then it didn't happen. You were letting down your audience. Right. Um, which is true now, but it was just so much more vital back then. Right. Because you had things you had. You had an entire publication, the TV guide, coming out telling people when things were, and there was advertisements TV in the TV guide. guide. Like I'm telling you, right. advertisements were so important, um, and it was it was just super highly competitive in a way that we can't even totally right. understand. Right. Um, so CBS didn't really care. Oh wait, I always, so okay. So um, they couldn't afford to lose viewers. They couldn't um, tell them something was going to be airing and then not have it air. And Scholes claimed there is always a market for innocence. And he just stood by it. He never wavered. Um, what an interesting thought. Right. So there is always a market for innocence because they just didn't like it. And they thought it was also very slowly paced. And then, again, the animation is not a lot of moving parts. It's very minimal movement. Right. Um, and so they were just like, nobody's going to like it, uh, but whatever. Question. Mm -hmm. You said it's a 30 minute. Uh-huh. Okay, but I'm I think thinking... it ends up being about 25 minutes with advertisements. So then my question, because I'm thinking about TV and mm -hmm. how it works, does that mean like 30 minutes with commercials? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, it was to fill a 30 minute time slot. Okay. Meaning that, the, yeah, there were commercials in there. Um... So CBS didn't really care that Scholes thought there was a market for innocence, but they still couldn't pull the special. And they had spent a ton of money on advertising. One ad alone cost them $11,300, which is the equivalent of almost $100,000 today. Wow. Um, so they had to air it. They had to. They didn't. And this is a week before. I mean, they probably could have checked a little sooner if they really thought they were going to hate it so much. But um, people were built different back then. <laughs> uh, so it's Thursday, Thursday evening, December 9th, 1965, 7.30 p.m. The special airs. Seven, yeah, that's the, that's the time slot. That's... Right. It's an amazing time slot. And yeah. it also didn't, the book goes into this more, but it didn't have a lot of uh, competition that evening. Like there wasn't really anything new sure. else new on. Um, so they just placed that right, right there. And 15 million people watched it. Wow. Almost half of the American televisions that were turned on, were on at that, that. time wow. were watching the Charlie Brown special. Wow. Um, and they loved it. What they really loved, though, was that Linus read from the Bible and told the true meaning of Christmas. That's what people. It, such a cool part of the book. Again, totally recommend it. If you're looking for just a biography or something, that one, it's great. And you get to read all these real, you have, he like, he's typed some of the letters into the book, but I'm showing Summer right now, but there's like photocopies oh, of little yeah. kid, like scrolly handwriting. I like having that kind of stuff to um, see too. That, that they received. Um, so uh, specifically, Coke received tons of positive feedback and uh, I just want to read a little section of Mrs. Betty J. Knorr of Miami Shores, Florida, wrote to the president of Coca-Cola at the time. So on December 14th, 1965, 
Um, she wrote to him, said that she loved it, and she said, I particularly salute you for sponsoring a program stressing the true meaning of the Christmas season. In this dark day of everyone being afraid to mention Jesus in the church for fear of some group boycotting their product or getting a court order handed down or prayer being banned from schools and public meetings and the mention of God in general being hmm. hush-hushed, I really commend you for this timely presentation. Um, that's just one of them. It's really cool. Obviously, Scholes was right. His instincts were totally right. Um, right. There was a huge market for, for audience that. and there was a huge market for religious, as they would put it, religious content. Um, and he was right. Um, and, you know, I was thinking a little bit about that. Like, maybe we need to make sure we're not falling into a trap where we think we have less of a market than we actually do. Yeah. Um, well, and I think especially if you get your news and information on social media, it is extremely skewed left. Yeah. And it's just important to keep that in mind. Yep. Like exactly. I think all the time how when I'm out in the real world, I just, I am not consistently running into people that are just like unpleasant and awful. Right. And, and we live, we now live in a blue state. Right. Phoenix especially is probably, is Phoenix what's is blue. Phoenix is a contributing. I don't think the state is, but Phoenix no. is. No. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Enough of our, 100. well, we have three like major college towns in our state. So, you know, you see the blue tends to be there, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think there's a lot more normal people out there that, I mean, even though I disagree with kind of going along with the status quo, I think that mm -hmm. if, if those people saw more people breaking the status quo, they might be inclined to do something similar. Anyway, yeah. just going to go ahead and say that. Yeah. Um, so in the coming years, the Charlie Brown Christmas special won a Peabody and an Emmy. And by 1969, it had been viewed by 35 million people. So there you go. That's the story. But um, what I also... 35 million. Yeah. Just wow. by 1969, four years later. Wow. And I don't even know how many people still watch it today. But right. I would, there's a lot of people that watch it every single year, regardless, yeah. of, what, of, the regardless of what they actually believe the true, Christmas of spe the true spirit of Christmas is about. Right. Um, okay. So that's mainly what I want to talk about in the episode is, is that what Christmas is all about? Did... Did Charles Schulz, I wanted to take like a little bit of a critical view mm, okay. on this because Charles Schulz, um, I'm sure people, I'm sure there are people, he's not, it's not like tons of people know tons about Charles Schulz, but there are probably some people that are like, is Charles Schulz really a Christian? Yes, he is. <laughs> he was. Um, I don't agree with him on everything that he did or believed. Sure. And I don't necessarily agree with his approach to everything that he did with peanuts. Sure. Um, but um, he is undeniably, if you read his biography, he is undeniably a Christian. And uh, what's more than that is he studied his Bible. He was not a um, church on Sundays, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. pray every once in a while kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He, even before he became a Christian, his best friend group were Christians mm. And he was he was one of those people that spent years 
before he was like, I'm saved. Like Mm. I'm different. I'm Mm. different now. But he had, he had years of like searching and he knew his theology. He, Mm -hmm. he studied a variety of different people on Mm. different topics. Mm -hmm. And he did, I mean, something I would not totally agree with him on, a little bit was that just, you know, his view on denominations, he didn't really view denominations as important. He thought they were kind of divisive Mm. and he also didn't believe in church membership. Um, I disagree. His wife wasn't saved. We also don't know all the inner workings of all this stuff, right? but he (laughs) was, he was undeniably a Christian and he knew his Bible. He was a theological guy. He was excited. And in fact, he didn't, when his children ultimately stopped attending church, he didn't understand why they weren't excited about the material because hmm. he just like found it. Exciting. He loved he w- it. Yeah. Consumed it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so uh, I'm going to read. Okay. But okay. Let's look at the, the special a little bit. Uh, even just in his themes. So obviously I'm pretty sure most people have seen this, but Charlie Brown is struggling with the true meaning of Christmas. Um, The assumption in the story is that Christmas is a commercial racket. Direct quote there. Christmas or Christmas is an ingenious marketing scheme to get and sell toys. Sure. Candy, diamonds, foot baths. I mean, that's ignorant of history, but okay. Right. (laughs) So, um, um, and then the basic sort of moving plot of the story is that everyone that Charlie com- Charlie Brown comes into contact with has sold out for these commercial purposes. <laughs> like Snoopy's trying to win That's, the decoration just contest. It's just funny. His little sister's like, "Can you help me write this letter <laughs> to Santa? If you, if my toy list is too uh, cumbersome, send tens and twenties, that kind of thing." Um, and so it's like. It's like each character he comes into contact with is set up to pass this test. Like, have you sold out or haven't you? And they're all selling out. Sold out. They're all selling out. And then, of course, he's encouraged to um, become involved in Christmas, some sort of Christmas production, specifically to become the director of a Christmas play, um, because he's not feeling the spirit of Christmas. He feels like Mm -hmm. nobody likes him. He doesn't understand Mm -hmm. why he can't access Mm -hmm. the feeling of the season. Um, and so, uh, even when he participates, even when he becomes the director, he still can't like find the Christmas magic. Right. And then, um, hence the iconic line, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? (laughs) Um, and so of course Linus in response says, yeah, of course I know. And then he he Linus claims that the real meaning of Christmas is found in Luke two, eight through 14. I'm going to read it. Um, I was going to read it. I had a little screenshot. I have a little screenshot of the ESV, but it was from the King James version. So I'm just going to read Let's it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. In. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Um, And it was interesting. I did... uh, Sorry, my husband's t- messaging me. Um, okay, so it w- I I did take a look at my. I just got my RC Sproul Luke commentary oh, in the mail. Okay. Awesome. And so um, I, you know, I looked at that a little bit, and it was really charming. He talked. He just talked about how how often Jesus would be like, "Don't be afraid." Like anytime he would come and. Like most of the time he came into contact with humans, he had to be like, don't be afraid because <laughs> he was God. So, you know, um, <laughs> I should just, I feel like, well, can I pause and just tell everybody I have been telling all of my friends this, so I guess I'll right. tell, I'll tell you guys, my other friends that uh-huh. I don't know, um, Ligonier, you have to follow. Okay. So RC Sproul's like commentaries through the Gospels and many of the other um, mm-hmm. books in the New Testament are just, I think they are absolute gold. I think if, I think if you come into the ownership of one of his book commentaries through the Gospels, um, Acts, let's see, I have the, I have some of the Gospels and I have Acts and they are just, they are, they are gold. So here's how you get them. You can just go to Ligonier and buy them right. or... Ligonier is always basically giving them away for whatever you want to donate. Yeah. So if you... So they'll like suggest donations, but you can put anything in there. For any donation amount, they'll send you one. So if like, I'm not being paid to say this, but you should go follow Ligonier on Facebook so that those ads pop up in your feed. And whenever you see one, just... Pick it up. Get it because mm-hmm. they are so helpful, so good, and that's what she was talking about. She got her Luke one in, yes, and, and I do and the so, same. Uh, yeah, so I looked because I was like, "Well, we're talking about Luke in the episode today," but yeah, and it was just there was nothing new or revolutionary in there, but it was just wonderful. I recommend that you guys all, obviously, these are Christmas texts. These are things you might be hearing about at church, or if you're doing like an Advent. Uh, Yes. What is that called? An Advent? No. Devotional. Oh. I was like, why? It's like, no, you said the word. I was like, Bible reading every day (laughs) that happens. What's that? (laughs) It's devotional. (laughs) Oh, is there she in there? Devotional? Devotional. It's a save it, save it, save it for the next episode. Got it, okay. No one heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay. So we looked at the verse. And here's the question. Is that what Christmas is really all about? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and here's the thing. As some people I think would be like, well, but there's nothing about Christ's death and there's nothing about that. But no, no, no. The question is. What is Christmas about? What is Christmas about? Mm-hmm. What is Christmas a celebration of? Yeah. Um, so, yes. Christmas is the celebration that started with this, the heavenly hosts singing. That's the type of celebration that we're talking about here. I'm having thoughts. Okay. Uh, Trying to formulate. Okay. So this is interesting. It's interesting that you're bringing this up 
now. Okay. After what you said in the beginning where you set the stage for this was being put out at a time of like right. mass secularization. And so I do think that, okay, this is a baby thought and I'm going to do my best. So what is Christmas about? It's harder than ever to answer that question. I think mm -hmm. because of the mass secularization that has happened even since the special oh, yeah. came out. And so the secularization was already happening. You're already saying we're, we're in the sixties and nobody wants the Bible to be read from right. on TV. And that was a long time ago. Now oh, yeah. that was half a century ago and we've just gone even farther. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, he back then was having to stand on his laurels and say like, right. we are not going to give this up. We're not going to give the Bible up. But I think even more so now it's difficult to answer that question. There's like been, we've pulled away even more from just anyone having an even, it's like the veil is gone. Right. right. So we know there's only two religions. It's God or yeah. creation. You're going to worship the creator or the creation. Uh, and if you don't want, if you reject God, then obviously saying Christmas is about Jesus, like, and we're, we're spending this time specifically to contemplate and meditate the gift that he was, um, and what he has accomplished and who right. he was and be thankful for the fact that he was born, that he right. was sent. He, he, this is a celebration of the thing, him being sent. Yeah. To do the thing he would do. But you live in a time where that's rejected. That's right. that's that can't have happened because obviously if Jesus was God, then now you are accountable to him. Right. Well, it's a story in terms of our secular culture, it's a story that's about equal in its reality to Santa. Right. It's like a nice superstitious part. It's like a nice cultural part of what we do yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. Because we can't really deny that. Yeah. So I just and can't we help but yeah. think like how... I don't even... Why, if you're not a Christian, what is the draw? Right. Is it... That's what... And just so you know, that's what almost every Christmas special is about. What? What are we really doing? What are we here? doing here? And that's that's got to be. If I wasn't a Christian, I would probably just like reject it altogether and be really against it. This is why, because it's we're talking about the human construction of what Christmas is, and that's why it never measures up in any of the Christmas specials. That is always the problem. Is like yeah. so we're we're doing all this fun stuff. We're buying. We're receiving decorating eating, we're decorating feasting. eating yes and yet all of it is not measuring up in some way so how do we explain that hmm. um well so i do i haven't i have thoughts about that basically um but uh i absolutely think i i'm trying to think about like what an opposing viewpoint would be as to whether or not this is actually what christmas is all about and I just, I really so appreciate that Scholes, despite any differences that we have, uh, he didn't tell the Christmas, the story of Jesus being born without scripture. Yeah. 
So while he chose this very simple singular passage, he was adamant that it comes straight from the Bible. Yeah. And it is the story. It in and it it shows celebration. Um it shows a birth. Yeah. And um and then it basically <laughs> talks about how he's bringing peace Mm -hmm. he is the hope like Mm -hmm. this is the moment Mm -hmm. where it's all happening Mm -hmm. um and then he very i mean absolutely not by mistake chose hark the herald angels sing Mm -hmm. to accompany this song great and i just want you to keep in mind that that hymn says veiled in flesh the godhead See, hail yes. the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. And then, of course, in verse three, it says, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And that's what Christmas is about. Yeah. And that's what Charles Schulz was saying. And I want to just add something, because after like having read this book... I'm going to, I'll go ahead and say this is my own interpretation, but having read this book about this man, I think he would agree, or at least I feel as though I can substantiate this extra little piece of commentary. Um, So I'm not saying that this is something Scholes said specifically because he was talking more about like commercialism. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also just going to say the meaning of Christmas is not about your feelings. Mm. In fact, the spirit of Christmas was a highly referenced sort of phrase Mm. during this time because of the secular shifts. Mm. Um, And I'm not making it up. We want the vibe. Right. We don't want the And we can't explain the the vibe. We can't explain it because this time does have this special feeling. So what is that? How do we reconcile that? And so, and the book talks about pop culture trends of the time. And it was considered a popular, neutral interpretation of how people feel during the holidays. But they needed some way to qualify it without Mm. having to use the word God. Mm. Um, And Charles, he knew this. He knew it. Yeah. And so there is this part of me that's like, <laughs> yeah. So, so Charlie Brown, Christmas, the Charlie Brown Christmas special is not just proclaiming that Christ, that Christmas is not about commercialism. It's also saying God condescended so that we could live. Right. Um, it's also saying that how you feel mm. and feeling jolly and feeling, um, close to other people and feeling those are not that is not, not what christmas is all about right because charlie brown that that um that verse directly confronts that his negative feelings and his mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. surrounding that time of year mm-hmm. um so i don't think i'm just pulling this out of nowhere right <laughs> um and so uh i guess i just i can end my story um by saying that uh, and Charles Schulz agrees with this, that uh, you needed a desperate respi- rescue and God came, uh, sent his son, that you might live and be free. And that's what it's all about. Um, and maybe that seems a little too simple. <laughs> maybe that one passage 
seems a little too simple or maybe you feel like Charles Scholes could have said more. But um, previously I believed this, but especially after putting Reading, this episode together, yeah. I really truly believe that um, it's a very wonderful, the Charlie Brown Christmas special is a very solid Christmas special <laughs> that talks about the true meaning of Christmas. I have my opinions about the Grinch. I have right, my, I have all these opinions about <laughs> Christmas. I, we could just do this every year for a little while. Right. Um, but the Charlie Brown Christmas special specifically use the Bible and specifically um, says it, it's really the one that gets it. Yeah. That gets it right. Mm-hmm. Cause it has and Bible. it's because it's because Charles Scholes didn't back down. He had his instincts and his instincts were right. Yeah, they were. Well, I'm just inspired to watch Charlie Brown this year. <laughs> I don't think I haven't watched it in a long time. I wonder if it's still on TV. I should flip through the channels. Yeah. We, I mean, I, I own it, but because I know George has been, are. George has been very into Charlie Brown. Cause I also okay. have, there's an app you can get. I think it's like $5. I've owned it. I owned it a very long time. Not, I didn't. <laughs> what is I it? wasn't married and I had no children when I bought this app. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's like a book, oh. but um, it plays the music and you can oh, click. It's like nice. clickable. Um, the, uh, what's his name? Robbins, I think is his last name, but he was the original voice of Charlie Brown. He reads it. There's a oh, little portion. Nice. There's a portion where like a little digital piano pops up and you like it teaches you how to play some of the songs that's cute um you can click on snowflakes and open mailboxes and stuff it's really cute but georgia loves Char- it charlie charlie brown charlie, charlie brown. brown charlie brown <laughs> i can hear her saying that yeah charlie brown so yeah we've well, been watching and reading a lot of charlie brown this year well i hope that you guys just have the best christmas and I hope you feel warm and fuzzy. Right. What day of the week is it on this year? Oh, I should know this. Is it a Saturday? Is I think it's a, it's a Saturday. Okay. So it's Saturday. Well, yeah. I hope that you guys just have a wonderful time. And just remember that like the original celebration was the heavenly hosts. <laughs> if you start to get bogged down or weird about it. By the way. Just like remember. Um. <laughs> It was a huge celebration. Hark the Herald Angels Sing is an absolute banger of a song. It is rich. It is so, like, don't even settle <laughs> for the versions where you're not singing all the verses. Veil, I mean, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. I know. If that doesn't make you, like, I know. want to pump know. up the jams, yeah. I don't know what the kids are saying these days. Anyway, all right. Pump up the jams. <laughs> Listen to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. <laughs> we hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Hark the